I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and I am eager to know. I'm here with John Haddon, who is writer, director, actor, teaching artist here in Vermont. Welcome to Eager to Know, John. Thanks, Ricky. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. So you and I met in a very interesting manner. I was at Main Street Arts, which is an art center um, here, here in the area, and I was doing very boring stuff. I was downstairs doing spreadsheets and planning and things like that. And uh, the person that I was with was like, ugh, let's go upstairs and let's join the Shakespeare class that is happening. So I went upstairs and you were teaching the Shakespeare class. And I we... think I came down and I said, who, who are you? Why don't you come up too? Because <laughs> Catherine was coming and that was going to leave you alone. I thought that was wrong. You should come up with us. It is possible, no. but... What probably happened, if I was in spreadsheet mode, yeah. I wouldn't have even like registered like a creative, a creative adventure. But, but there's a perfect example right there of Rashomon, right? We all have different versions of what happened. Yeah. And we all have a unique story to tell that no one else has. <laughs> that is right? true. And so there we are. That's very true. We're, we're off. <laughs> so excuse me. I, I just banged the table. The, the, the one thing I tell him yeah. is don't, don't hit the table. And that's what he does it within 30 seconds. <laughs> that's part of the, the anyway. All right. So what what was stunning about the interaction with you was I went into this acting class and I've never been in an acting class. And I always envisioning I always envision acting class being about something outside of the actor. It's like the script and the character and the story and the emotion and the, t and the time frame. It happened in the past. But the way that you were guiding people, it was all about the moment, the, the moment that someone is in and what are they experiencing right now. And that was shocking, surprising, and so interesting. Mm. And I immediately thought, I need to get this guy on the podcast. And, and, you know, being part of the class was, it was really difficult for, you know, I, it, it was hard for me. But anyhow, so I just wanted to share with you that um, observation that really surprised me. Well, Rick, one, one of the things that was, and this is great to talk to you because we've had this interaction, right? We, you did three or four classes. Um, and so it's unusual to have an interview in which I actually have, you know, we have a little bit of a history. And it, it's a history that began in that setting that you're describing. Mm. And um, what was great for me was that you had no uh, baggage. You had no you know, preconceptions. And so in a way, you were an audience for me to introduce these ideas mm -hmm. uh, for, on a, you know, through a blank slate, as mm -hmm. it were. And, um, and then you chose also we were doing Shakespeare. Mm. So that's part of the paradox is this stuff was uh, come up with 500 years ago mm -hmm. uh, for something, 400 something years. And uh, but we're doing it now. Mm -hmm. And so that's why uh, it's even more important with, with something that's classical, ancient to bring it into this moment. Otherwise, what are we doing? Would, <laughs> you know, yeah. Cruising around on the Santa Maria. What, would. 
if you're going to be teaching someone acting, I mean, is it like teaching piano? You start with Mozart and Beethoven, or mm -hmm. do you normally start, because you do start with Mozart and Beethoven yeah. when you learn piano, because yeah. I'm learning it right now. Yeah. And is it the same way with acting? Do, you, do people always start with uh, stuff like this, like Shakespeare? You know, that's such a great question. And I think the answer is full of paradoxes, you know. Um, I've been playing guitar, for instance, since I was 15. I'm just turning 70 now, so it's a long time. And I decided I should take it seriously uh, because I'm, I'm in a kind of hermit existence now for the first time. I'm not hustling and getting gigs and going out into the world. I'm staying home on my little flower farm with my kids and my grandchildren. Sounds nice. It's great. And so I need, you know, activities and routine. So I'm, I decided to go to a, a classical guitar concertizer, and, and he was a great teacher, um, also kind of a hermit. And so the, I, I started to bewail the fact that I had not been studying music all my life. And he said, look, stop, stop, stop. You have been studying music all your life. You just haven't been doing it with, you know, in an, an academy or a conservatory. That doesn't mean you haven't been studying it. If you're interested in it, you've been studying it. Okay. So, and you've been studying Shakespeare for umpteen decades. That's all transferable. And that's part of what I wanted to tell you today was that, uh, that we all, we all if, if, we're, if we're interested, and that's what I love about your podcast, that it's based on curiosity. Now, if you really pursue the things you're curious about, you will find your own story, which is different than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes academic conservatory training problematic, because that kind of training tends to, you know, want, you want to have a round classical voice, you want to have a certain posture, you want to have, and it begins to homogenize people mm -hmm. right, into the kinds of artists that are acceptable in that moment. A person who really becomes curious about their own existence naturally comes into the moment because it's only in the moment that you notice things from nature, from the books that you read, from people that you talk to. You have to be there in order to receive it. And that's kind of the first step. So when you asked me about training, I, I did a lot of training, very formal training. And so, you know, you spend about a year just breathing finding out how do you, how do I breathe? What does that mean? How does that lead to thought and spe speech? So, so the, all the arts I'd say are related in that basic principle, that a person who is a painter like you are, you get interested in what you see and it means something to you and you're trying to put what it means to you on a canvas. Now, there are other kinds of artists who don't pay attention, but just look at what is pretty. And they paint what they, what they think it looks like and what, what's pretty. And those people, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with, with that kind of uh, pursuit that has its own discipline. But what really interests me is a person who translates what their experience is, what their story is, to whatever the medium is, whether it's music or, or the canvas, or acting. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what being an artist is. Yeah. You know, you talked about going to a conservatory or, or learning these skills, and 
and it, the skills are different in every if you're an act well if you're a piano player it's like mm -hmm. your scales and knowing mm -hmm. the, uh, the your chords etc as being a painter it's learning about value composition blah yeah. blah blah you can and learn all materials. that in, you can learn that in school yeah. but at some point it becomes about something inside yes. of you coming out right so what does that look like with acting because you have and I think I kind of know the answer now that we're we I experienced the Shakespeare thing where you learn the script I guess you would learn techniques about emoting but at mm -hmm. some point something inside of you based on your experience or your experience in the moment is going to come out yeah I'm in a funny position because I've sort of left my professional career behind and that's been very difficult for me. I, I used to wake up every morning at three in the morning when my guard was down, coming out of some nightmare about how I was, you know, I was been tossed on the scrap heap. Uh, but it's as an actor, as an actor. Okay. And so I've been doing a lot of work to replace that with my actual life, you know, as okay. a grandparent and as a person who's interested in doing theater with people who don't have much experience about theater. And I bet you experienced that in the class as the person who had maybe the least amount of experience in the class. And, but there were others too. It seemed that those people actually were quite receptive, right? And were able to make quantum leap changes right there in the moment that were fascinating mm -hmm. and, and kind of enjoyable for all of us. Yeah. Um, and being so close to it was so interesting to see mm -hmm. someone performing and transforming mm -hmm. and physically so close to because yeah. it was only like five of us yeah and being physically so close to someone it yeah. was a very interesting experience well acting is something that people can do in a group mm. which is not true for uh the painter or the mm. writer or the, or the solo musician you know um and so that's part of what makes it so uh accessible to anybody and also, we all play roles anyway. You know, as, as we grow up, I mean, my, my one-year-old grandchild doesn't play roles yet, but she's learning how yeah. to already yeah. because it has a different effect. If she does one thing, it has a different effect. So you begin to catalog your behavior and what kind of effect it has yeah. on different kinds of people in your sphere. So you're sort of acting and And in you real begin life a to bit. develop a repertoire yeah. of performance. Yeah. Now, in my life... I grew up in, in diplomatic circles around the world. And so I actually was taught deliberately to have a certain kind of performance at, you know, to, when I was the kid yeah. at a reception right. to be a, 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 you know, to represent my country, to be a good child and so on. And I wasn't really a good child. So there was something fake about it. Um, so but that had, that had really accumulated by the time I got into acting. Um, which sort of took me by surprise. And then what I found was, when I started getting work, was that actually on stage playing, especially Shakespeare, I was able to let my social behavior go, my social mask mm -hmm. drop and come out with what I really had to say mm -hmm. in the words of a homicidal Romeo, let's mm -hmm. say, right? But it was my decision to make him homicidal, to make him have not slept for two weeks before the mm -hmm. play begins. You know, so it's this combination of uh, what you, you want to do 
you know, what, what grabs you um, and the kinds of things that you pick up from people who have been doing it longer, from writers who have given themselves like however many months of incredibly disciplined work to put their thoughts on paper. That's a great source for any artist. Yeah, but, but, is, but, is a, lot of, but a big part of it is going to come from you, from the actor. From you, and, and also from, from being open to how people see you. Because everybody walks, we all walk around blind about how we come off to people, right? We, well, so it's useful to know well, from we, somebody else. Well, I think, I think oftentimes we think that we're being perceived in a certain way. We hope. And, <laughs> um, and, and we get reflections back that yeah. we realize we're huh. not being, we're, people aren't perceiving us the way that we think. Yeah, and then we have just... Or we're just confused. Or we're confused. We're very confused. Yeah. Um, let's talk about being an actor in normal life or doing a performance. That's such an interesting concept. I had never really thought of that. That really, um, you're always being taught, taught how to perform. You know, I remember going to church. Mm -hmm. And I remember my dad, who never disciplined us, but he would tell us, uh, you know, if you don't, if you misbehave, yeah, I yeah. will spank you right here yeah. in front of it, everyone. Yeah, so yeah. we were taught how to perform because right. I didn't really feel like paying attention. Uh -huh. So I had to force myself to pay to attention at in least church. Pretend that you're um, and then in other places, you know, we were kind of be taught to perform in different ways. Yeah. And I never really thought of it in that way, but that's interesting. Right. So when I was training actors, which I did a lot, um, often it was about becoming allowing the person to become aware of the things they had you know put on to make them safe in social situations mm -hmm. or acceptable mm -hmm. on stage you don't need to be acceptable in fact just the opposite mm -hmm. you need to drop that all that inhibition all that safety stuff and come right through with the thing that is not supposed to be spoken right a good play is about stuff that's unspeakable yeah, it needs to be revealed, because that's where that kind of the core of our humanity comes from. Or would you say that a lot of actors are introverts in the in the normal world, <laughs> and they kind of are able to express themselves? Um, it's a it's a real mixed bag. It is a mixed bag. Yeah, because okay. uh, I think people would think that actors would be extroverts, but I'm yeah. Not, but after I mean, you that's the said, reputation. Yeah. Okay. Is and a lot of actors like I'm kind of embarrassed about that reputation. So I didn't. Why is there something wrong with being well? An yeah, no, I just didn't like to be a show off. I mean, I was trained that that was the most horrible thing you could be. So if it, is to be a show off, a show off. Yeah. God, I haven't heard that term in forever. That was a that it's was a big a, one. That was a term that people used to use all the time as yeah. a kid. A show off. Uh -huh. I uh -huh. feel like I haven't heard that in years. And yet, a lot <laughs> of you know. Uh, successful TikTokers, that's that's kind of what it's about. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but it's it's got that uh, that puritanical negative thing that maybe we're shedding now. Yeah, which is great. Right, that people can just go ahead and play right. out loud in front of people. Yeah, let's talk about that. I know um, when we had done our pre-interview, one of the things you mentioned that acting is very it's much more universal than we realize. Mm -hmm. um, I had always thought that acting was something that was just for actors. 
And now um, you reminded me that as children, we are yeah. play acting all the time. And yeah. I remembered yeah. how that was a huge part of huge. certainly my childhood. And I'm sure my childhood wasn't different yeah. from other people. So tell me about that. What happens to that, that kid that is play acting all the time? What happens to that aspect of someone? <laughs> well, my, when my seven-year-old granddaughter was six, up from five to six, we would walk in the woods every day. We had, I have a loop that I walk on. And she would play a game with me, mm -hmm. which is I was her younger brother, Alex, and she was in seventh grade. And she was trying to tell me that school was useful, that I should go to school. And I was like, Alex, but I, I don't want to go to school. I, want to, I just want to go to, the, to the, the shop where I can work on cars, okay? No, Alex, you've got, the teachers are really trying to tell you things that you need to know. And she was like <laughs> telling herself these things right. with, the, with these, with these play, play acting games. And there was a, there was a, cafeteria where we could get you know soft chocolate ice cream and french fries which was by a big rock and then there was places we could put the coins in in the bank and sometimes we had to go to the principal's office and, and all these places were in the woods and i think and it's that's sort of leveled off now she has other interests but i think it's also because people like me it's it's exhausting to keep that kind of that, like the kids have a wild imagination. Yeah. And to keep up with that. Do you think most kids do? Oh, or? I think so, yeah. Oh, it's so I think so, I think so. And then I think not only that, but I think all of us have in us, whether it's buried or not, yeah. a wild imagination. Yeah. So thinking about people out in the world who are not involved in acting, what would you say that someone could do to get in touch with that show-off, performer, actor that everyone, most kids were, mm -hmm. but no longer are? What, what can people do? One is to decide you're going to do it on your own and just get together with some friends and f either write a script or find a script and just play, start playing with it. And really, any group of people can do that and perform it for their friends. And it's a gas. And I highly recommend that because then that depends on you making all the decisions. It's, it's a new way of, it's a whole new way of, it's a new way of engaging yeah. with your friends doing yeah. something different. Yeah. And the other way is to, you know, go and join a, a group. So David Stern has a huge group of people yeah. that work and he auditions people. Yeah. I like to pretty much invite everybody in. So I'm doing a show coming up. And so uh, you out there, you can come. I almost guarantee you, you can be in my show, okay. which is called Undine, about uh, a fairy tale, uh, contemporary political satire uh, written by a Frenchman, Jean Giraudoux, during the, the Nazi occupation of Paris. And it's a wonderful, multifaceted smorgasbord of a play. So people living in the Bellows Falls, Rockingham area, yeah. if they're interested, what do they do? Uh, call Main Street Arts okay. and get your name on the list. Find out when you can come. And I'll have you know various times you can come and we can play. I won't audition you one in one. Right. I'll always do it in a group where we're all having fun. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for mm -hmm. hanging out with me today. This was great. Yeah. 
Sorry, Are you going to come? You're going to do it? Uh, I don't know. Is this going to be? <laughs> I'm open to anything. You I can am... do as much as or as little as you want. I'll okay. give you a small part. Okay. In an ensemble, and we'll practice practice a few times, and that's it. I am always willing to try new things. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that Shakespeare thing that was really hard and uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but that, that doesn't mean I regret it. Oh, I wanted it. to ask you if that would put you off. What would? Like, was I hard on you? No, was you weren't I... hard on me at all. But it was just a really unique experience. I I don't really know why. Obviously, I'm an extrovert. I don't <laughs> mind. You know, on I'm on the podcast. I'm kind of performing a little. Well, bit. Well, I trusted you. But right, so was, I pushed you. I don't know what it was, but it was really hard. Well, it was fun for yeah. me to, okay. see you, to see you <laughs> getting it. And that's what turns me on the most. Yeah. When I was uh, like, have a broken leg from skiing, I was wheeled down to the school by my younger sister. And I decided I'll, I'll direct a couple of plays. Right. And I saw a kid, kind of like the light bulb, almost like I could see it above his head, that cartoon light bulb going on about who else he could be. Instead of this unpopular kind of mm. geeky, you know, thick glass, tall guy. And he became this kind of extravagant guy who had a following, you know? Before he was completely isolated. And in this four week period, I saw him become the, a kind of, you know, like demigod in the school. Mm. That's, a, that's amazing what something like that can, can transform. Yeah, and, and it's like, the oddities that we think are unacceptable are the same thing that make us interesting and have, you know, have, give a clue to what it is that we have that nobody else has. Right. So it's about just turning the picture a little bit yeah. and saying, oh, that could be really good. I could be useful and I could have fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. This was great. 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 My name is Ricky McGuckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast. It's interesting and how, you know, have, give a clue to what it is that we have that nobody else has. Right. So it's about just turning the picture a little bit yeah. and saying, oh, that could be really good. I could be useful and I could have fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. This was great. Great.